Aqua my favorite Batman. Mario game, Odyssey. Um, and you know, the... um, I played. Uh, Julia bought the what you call it, the Mario 3D All Stars oh, free pack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I was playing some Super Mario Sunshine, and I was playing some um, uh, Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And after playing those for even a little while, I'm just like, I don't know if Super Mario Odyssey is actually that good of a game. Oh no! Oh no! Hello, everybody, and welcome to <laughs> Demonstrate the Loop of Magic the Gathering podcast, where we do everything from set dissections to discussions to that third thing <laughs> that we also like to do. Yeah. Um, Drew caught me off guard, so I forgot it in my thing. <clears throat> Hold on, what is it? A deck text. Uh, yeah. <laughs> discussions and set dissections. That's the one. But the deck yeah. tech thing doesn't matter because we're just doing uh, set dissections with a Zendikar Rising review. You, you, Thank you. I'm Daniel. Hello. That's Drew. Hello. Hello. That's Josh. Hello. Hello. Very good. And today we're going to be talking about Zendikar Rising, the newest, I hope, Magic the Gathering set. <laughs> By the time that this releases, but who knows? There's stuff all the time, forever. Commander Legends might be out by the time that Mm -hmm. this goes anywhere. So let's uh, see what happens there. First Mm -hmm. off, just overall blanket statement. We'll start with you, Drew. Um, Yeah. How do you feel about this set just as a whole? What are your, like, uh, your basic thoughts on it? In the, like, looking at it in the way that I try to approach sets, which I, um... I, I try to think of them on their own terms and then in the turn, like the broader terms of just like magic as a whole. Uh, but I, I, man, I, I love this set. Like, I think this set's extremely cool as hell. Um, Zendikar. I, uh, I marked out real early as just a person who, for a reason that's probably going to, you know, require some really deep introspection that I just don't have the time for, but <laughs> I really love full art lands. And I got onto that horse real early in like the time <laughs> I've been playing magic, which has always ha- like, I've always had an eye towards Zendikar because of that. Like that's not where they first came out, but that was like the first set where like, that was the thing about it was like these full art lands. Was that not the first one? World. I guess it would have been one uh, of the unsets, right? Yeah. It's one of the unsets one. was like the literal oh. first. Yeah. Um, but it, it was the first, like, in a blackboard, or the unlands were also blackboarded, but the first in a standard legal set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also kind of the thing whenever we return to Zendikar is there's always these full art lands. And just it's, that had a huge appeal to me, again, for reasons that I'm not going to understand in the, you know, the confines of this episode. That's not a set dissection. Um, but it's also just <laughs> like, it's especially now that the... Like, the Eldrazi stuff is just not the focus. It is, like, there is still a little bit of it there, and it's always kind of in the headspace whenever you're thinking about Zendikar. But they were able to really confidently have it be actively about another thing that is also cool and exciting. And so it has this world and all these cards and stuff. It just kind of opens up the kind of stuff that we can do with it. Similar to like Dominaria as a plane has a ton of sets that take place in it, but they are enabled. They're all able to feel very different because that plane is very big in this set. Uh, at least with this set, I feel like they did a great job of just expanding uh, like what a story and what a set on Zendikar could be about. And just, I mean, outside of just on the set on its own, I feel like there's a lot of really cool stuff here that either 
enables a lot of decks just on its own um it enables a lot of like and like stuff at varying power levels there's some really nice strong stuff here there's a really fun janky thing here Mm -hmm. to do stuff Mm -hmm. with there's a brand new mechanic that is gonna hit multiple sets outside of this so that's kind of a more fundamental change to magic the game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think it's just i think it's great i really like this set on just about every like metric that i could use to judge a set that's very good. What a what mm-hmm. a very positive yeah. uh, way to be about it. Let's go to our resident middleman. Uh, <laughs> Josh, why don't you tell us your overall, um, what would you call programming? It's not your feelings on the set, what? but let us know what, what's going on in that noggin. No, um, calm down. <laughs> um, the way things are inside me about it. Um, short answer. I like it long answer i really like it because um Ah. i really like the feel of drafting this set and i was thinking about it Mm -hmm. and i think there are some things going for it that make that feel real good i think you've got three things sitting together that make the pace of a draft of this set feel wonderful you've got Mm -hmm. kicker coming back which kicker is the classic thing of early on in the game you get the little effect it's it's good it's fine and then later in the game you get bigger effect great for the pace of the game second thing you get you've got the party mechanic where even if you're not building around it specifically you are probably going to be casting creatures anyway yeah get a little bit of value on the way Mm -hmm. there Yeah. yeah 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 things that care about party they're probably going to get bigger and do more or be more efficient as the game goes on great for the pacing then you've got the modal double face cards, which is yeah, yeah. just literally early game. You need lands. That's a land. Later in the game, you drew a land. Oh, no, but you didn't because it's a spell. <laughs> Might not be a super <laughs> mm-hmm. efficient spell, but it's not just drawing a land, which is wonderful. Yep. So the pacing on drafting the set. Beautiful. Wonderful. I love it. In addition to that, I really like a bunch of the cards just on their own. So... I really like it. I really like this set. Yeah. Wow. Once again, so middle of the road, Josh. Um, <laughs> I know. I have. No, those very are all very opinions. good points, and I I will agree on on that front. Um, I think my overall opinion of the set is that this is an amazing draft set. Um, <laughs> uh, it, there's the opinion. <laughs> it's for all the reasons you said, but my, I guess my, my, my hesitancy, my not as excitement as you guys might have is that a lot of the stuff in this set, I feel like is going to really break a lot of stuff, <laughs> really mess up a lot of other things that aren't uh-huh. draft because in this set, there's very few things that are just like, Hey, play extra lands, search out and put extra lands. So landfall hmm gets a big nerf in a draft sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's it mm-hmm. it doesn't go quite off the rails. And it's the same thing with um you know, party is a mechanic that I think only is going to work to its <laughs> fullest potential in a draft or sealed environment. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think there's any way mm-hmm. you're sticking four members of a party in any other format. Mm-hmm. But I think that in draft when there's not quite as many answers that you can have four ofs of multiple mm-hmm. ones I think that it's a super fun build around. I love everything about this set as a draft set. I think it yeah. is, I think mm-hmm. they hit the mark with this standard set as a draft set 
Um, <laughs> unlike yeah. when they do like their, uh, you know, double masters and stuff that are specifically draft sets, but still somehow worse than their standard set. But that yeah. is <clears throat> a different thing. But no, mm-hmm. I think that there is some big stinky gumbo cooking up in here <laughs> for some stuff that's going to mess things uh, up down the line. Uh, I'm still not sure how I feel about um about the the double faced modal lands, but we'll go into that in a little bit when we um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when we go a little bit more in depth of just for everybody out there. Our mechanics of this set we have, um, of course, as mentioned, we have kicker which is essentially yep. a, a spell that might do something dinky, but when kicked, does something stinky. Here's an example. Mm. Uh, Scourge <laughs> of the Sky Claims. It is one and a black for a star star demon. Uh, its power and toughness are each equal to 20 minus the highest life total among players. So it's a two mm-hmm. drop, 20-20 minus whatever the highest life total is. So if somebody's yeah. at 30, this thing comes out and is dead. <laughs> But it has a kicker for four and a red. So when you cast it, you can pay this additional five and then have each player lose half their life rounded up. That's what happens when you kick a thing. Starts mm-hmm. off dinky, a minus 10 if your opponent is at 30, goes into stinky. Uh, a 5-5 five five, because mm-hmm. your opponent would now be at 15. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, the yeah. kicker is four and a black, not four and a red, just in case. Oh yeah, four and a black, sorry. Yeah, I yeah, could yeah, already yeah. hear somebody yeah. typing. No, I oh, couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not Our that credibility big was shrinking. And so that is Kicker. And Kicker can be on anything. It doesn't have to be just creatures. It can be mm-hmm. on um, instant sorceries. I don't know if there's any Kicker enchantments. Uh, or, or any lands. Kicker lands. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know there, of course there's not going to be Kicker lands. Oh, we do have maybe our any first... Flip lands. We oh, do there, any, wait, no, there is an enchantment. Kicker... There, there's oh, an enchantment that gives you kicker drinks. What is it? Uh, you get a drink oh, whenever you cast yeah, a kick spell. Yeah, yeah, or there, you, okay, so there oh, is it's, a, yeah, it's in this set. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, um, so I think that might be the first one. I could be wrong there, but this is also the first kickered mm-hmm. planeswalker. Oh, with, yeah, we have our first oh, right, kicker yes. planeswalker with so, Jace Mirror Which is pretty yeah. fun. It's the new it's Jace. Cute. Yeah, um, it's, it's also kind of expanding on what they, like the design space they were exploring with War of the Spark, where they're doing a bit more with planeswalkers. Um, the, the, the kicker Jace for anyone um, is Jace Mirror Mage, one blue blue for loyalty for a legendary planeswalker Jace, who um, has a plus one of scrying two and a zero ability of drawing a card and then revealing it. You remove a number of loyalty counters equal to that card's mana cost from Jace Mirror Mage. Now his kicker ability is if you pay an additional two, bringing it to five mana, um, he creates a token copy of that planeswalker that is at loyalty one. So basically you can pay three mana, get regular Jace, pay five mana, get two Jaces and you kind of just get silly. So that's yeah, kind of a silly, uh, especially cause the, the, the token is non legendary. So if you yes. have anything crazy, yeah. that's like enter as a copy of a permanent or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. Uh, then you can just get a whole bunch of these. Jaces. You can kind of so go and go. And go there. <laughs> that's very cute. Um, another cute. mechanic in the set, pretty simple one. It is Landfall, which is just mm-hmm. a billion abilities that start off with the phrase, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, do mm-hmm. something. So, for example, a really good one in the set is Felidar Retreat. It's three and one white for an enchantment. It says, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you choose one. You can create a 2-2 white cat beast creature token, or you can put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control and then they gain vigilance until end of turn. A lot really of stuff strong. going on yeah. in that one. That's mm-hmm. very good. That's just a yep. very good one. An incredible mm-hmm. landfall card. 
I think it's been uh, there in every Zendikar set prior to this one. It's kind of one of the marquee mechanics of the plane. Yeah, Landfall yeah. has been there, I think, in every single one of them. I think Landfall yeah, I, has I, always yeah. been there. Pretty sure. If and... I'm wrong about that, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah. This is my personal favorite uh, mechanic, but that's only because my brain thinks of it as the mutate of the set, uh, which okay. is the party mechanic. Okay. Which is a very weird mechanic. Where if you have members of your party, which is a warrior, a cleric, a rogue, or a wizard, for the more of those that you have, the better the effects are. Mm-hmm. But you have to have each individual thing. So if you have like yeah, two and wizards. Only one of each. Yeah, it's gonna count as only it's only gonna count one towards your party, because you know, that's just two wizards. That's not a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A party yeah. is specifically four different things. So if yeah. you wanted to have the full effects, you'd have to have a wizard, a warrior, a rogue, and a cleric. And then mm-hmm. cards do better things uh, based on mm-hmm. that. Like, uh, we'll just grab Thundering Spark Mage, three and a red. When it enters the battlefield, uh, it deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker, where X is the number of creatures in your party, and it is a 2-2. Mm-hmm. So you can pay four for a 2-2 that could potentially deal four damage to a creature, or Planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I really like this one. I think it is very cute. I think the biggest one, the biggest mechanic in this set, although it's kind of a mechanic, but not really a mechanic. It's sort of a mechanic. Huh. Um, but it is the, I think they're calling them the MDFCs. The, the modal double-faced yeah. cards, which are spells on one side or lands on the other side, or sometimes it's a land on both, on both sides uh, <laughs> yes. that enter uh, untapped, but then some of the modal double face cards that are spells on one side and lands on the other side can enter untapped if you mm-hmm. pay three life. Uh, for instance, uh, let's just grab uh, Agadim's Awakening. The front side is Agadim's Awakening. It is X and three black. In return from your graveyard to the battlefield, any number of target creature cards that each have a different converted mana cost, X or less. And then that's that's actually, this is one of the better of the um, mythic yes, flip right. lands. I yeah, actually do think this is the best mm-hmm. one. The green one's pretty um, good, I probably agree. The green one is very good, but yeah. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, and I like commander-wise, I, I think Agadim's, that this one will yeah. probably, yeah. yeah. And the mm-hmm. other side is just called Agadim, the Undercrypt, which is just, uh, it taps for one black mana, and as it enters the battlefield, you may pay three life. If you don't, it enters the battlefield tapped. And I still can't get past the... it being the under crypt. It's a crypt's basement. <laughs> it's a crypt is already down. Why it? It's the lower it's than the lower low down crypt. place. It's the it's yeah. the. There's always a lower uh, place. What do you do? What, what else would you call a no. thing under, under a crypt? <laughs> it's just more crypt. You're already in the crypt. You go down to more crypt. There's a no because it's there's allowed to be space underneath the crypt. It's not like when you bury mm. bodies, it's at the very bottom mm. of the earth. I if I was in charge, <laughs> if I was in charge, there'd be nothing below a crypt. If Josh was in charge, we would bury bodies directly in hell. <laughs> <laughs> is, is where they would be buried. That, that is true. All right, and <laughs> as far as the the new mechanics, I do believe that those are the 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 main named mm-hmm. mechanics. Am I right in that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, like, not, not even all of those are like named in the way mechanic is, but yeah, that's like all of the yeah, all that, the, those are the all big of the new stuff, new yeah. boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bumps. guess just uh, just in general, Drew, 
Hey, give us your rundown. Uh, what are your favorite ones? What's your favorite one out of those four? What's your I mean, favorite one to mess around with? What do you like most? More landfall, more kicker is fine. Um, I'm not excited about those, but I also like to see them. I have no negative feelings towards those showing up. Um, because kicker and landfall are just always fine. Mm-hmm. Um, party is in an interesting state because it, like I said, where now we're in a we're in a Zendikar that is not strictly defined by there are Eldrazi here. Um, right. It's now kind of gone a lot more towards the original Zendikar set, yeah. which was also no Eldrazi because they hadn't shown up yet as being this kind <laughs> of D&D adventure plane inspired world. Wizards also publishing and making D&D. They're starting the kind of, not even starting because there's also been like Wizards books for D&D and stuff, but they're, they're, they're doing more to kind of bridge this as that kind of adventure plane with all this magic and stuff. You can almost do anything in it, which I think makes it really cool. Yeah, um, it is, it is mm-hmm. very, now that the Eldrazi yeah. are gone, it's very open and, yeah. and I mean that literally yeah. because most of the plane takes place on floating, on floating bits of rock right. and hedrons. Yeah. So it's just, so, there's a lot of places and, here. But it's also now it is an adventure plane that has this history of like these giant eldritch horror things. So like it's, there's hmm. also that kind of background stuff to it, which does, which, which does a, like, in my opinion, does enough to set it as a plane. Make, make it a bit more unique than just another place where D&D stuff would happen. But it's that mechanic. I re- I love it in draft, but it's at a place where just it's, I don't know how it, I don't know how it will bleed into any other format outside of limited because of the fact that it's like, you can get lucky in, um, and like another deck where you just happen to go like, oh, I just happen to have some warriors, some wizards, some clerics, some rogues. And Commander, mm-hmm. the format that I primarily play, that's more likely than not because I will have the habit of running like, you know, 25, 30 singleton creatures. And those are all pretty relatively common creature types. Yeah. It might just mm-hmm. happen. But the downside is, and I even notice this in draft, it's just finding payoffs for doing that. Like yes. building the party is not mm-hmm. intrinsically good. The cards that all contribute to it, unless they're from this set, they don't care about having, they don't care about being in a party or anything uh, like that. So you right. need cards specifically that are giving you payoffs for having done that. This is currently the only set where you'll find those. And even here, right. there's some that are decent, but it's not pushed. Yeah, and, I guess I never thought mm-hmm. about that, that the yeah. cards that specifically do good things based on your party and and the like are not the also the payoffs yeah it's and that's the thing is like the cards that are these party payoffs are not powerful or efficient enough without achieving the party threshold to be good to run just in case so i mean Mm -hmm. like the um the the key one for me the key party card is um i think it oh god i ran it in the draft in my mind is it, is is it the blue white one in front of us spoils of adventure um it is a four a white and a blue for an instant you draw three cards and gain three life its mana cost is reduced by one for each member of your party so in an ideal situation this is two mana draw three gain free wonderful that's an mm-hmm. incredible card that is Instance, arguably if, if if that was its rate yeah especially at instant if that was its normal rate that would that probably could arguably be a mythic is the level of that card. So like the downside though, if my deck's not built around that is I'm paying like 
I'm drawing I'm paying for divination with arbitrary life gain that I usually don't care about, but I'm paying two more mana for divination, just not really exciting, not really worthwhile. And with that being my floor and me not having enough other cards like this to make building around a party build worthwhile, it's difficult to get excited about it when I'm outside of draft, when I'm outside of Yeah. Building. I'm, I'm that, trying to I'm trying to think of anything right that's now. similar in terms of because party, you're always it's gonna see zero to four. What other mm-hmm. mechanics and magic is like it's gonna specifically be in this like range, that range of things? I can't think of anything. Uh, like Converge that. was pretty close. Oh yes, yeah. yes. Converge okay. or sunburst or things like. And I think Converge is a Zendikar mechanic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah from the last it one. It is. Yeah. It's the, the kind of thing like also like in um in Commander like they now they do have a legendary creature that cares about party. So like and like I alluded to kind of in my mm-hmm. broad opinions about the set there like I think party is the jank mechanic. Daniel also alluded to it being like mutate. <laughs> where like yeah. if I choose to knowing that it's not there's not a ton of payoffs there are cards in here that i can you know collect things around and tasri beacon of unity is kind of that card a four and a white a four six legendary creature human warrior she costs one less for each member of your party great to have mana reduction in commander and then she has an activated ability that is two bridge so it is two generic or then one of each of the other four colors for an activated ability making her a five color commander also a great call one because that's part of Tazri's identity and for the party mechanic that's what you needed you did really needed to not be splitting the votes when it came to party if you wanted that to be viable at all um that lets you look at the top six cards and you can reveal up to two members of a potential party also an ally which isn't relevant for this set but is has Tazri yeah, relevant i really uh, like they made that decision yeah that's is she the only yeah, ally in the set i think she is uh, no, she's not an ally in this set at all. She's a human warrior, which is also a nice call. Um, there are a lot of other Zendikar characters who have been um, oh, class shifted. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, they are class shifted so that they accommodate uh, the party mechanic a bit more. Like Anawan mm-hmm. was, I think, a vampire shaman originally in his, yes. in his printing Anawan the Ruin Sage. But now he's a rogue in Anawan the Ruin Thief. That's just kind of cute. But yeah, like party is a thing. Um, and I mean, like so much like how Daniel mentioned, I think it's even it is the mutate of this set. I don't think it was executed to the same degree that mutate was. No, because hmm. mu- mutate. Yeah. Like because I have played against a couple of decks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and on arena and standard and stuff. And, you know, I have a couple of mutate decks. And if they can get going mm-hmm. like they can yeah. do quite a bit if if but it's. You know, it's a it's a risk reward kind of thing, and I yeah. feel like the risk reward for mutate the risk. You know, you're going all in on one creature, so yeah. that's really risky. But the reward is huge. Where this one, mm-hmm. the risk there's, there's, isn't as high because it's a bunch of small ones, and mm-hmm. so your yeah. reward is essentially negligible. Yeah, and I mean, like yeah. this is the thing where I feel like if just more of the you know, more just like key, maybe even just like some rares of each of the classes had some payoff, you know? Well, I Um, was looking through and I found there are three rares that are both members of a party that also have a really good kind of payoff thing, but there are only three. Um, Which is not a full party. Which is not. Like (laughs) one's a cleric, one's a warrior, and one's a rogue. So that's actually not bad. That's three different ones. But like squad mm-hmm. commander, when it enters the battlefield, you get a core warrior token for each character in your party, each creature in your party. And then at okay. the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party, 
Creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, and indestructible until one turn. That's not bad. It gets mm-hmm. you more bodies and also can hit if you have it. Uh, nimble Trap Finder uh, can't be blocked if you had another Cleric, Rogue, Warrior, or Wizard enter the battlefield uh, nice. under your control. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party, creatures you control gain whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So it gives you uh, just this weird piracy ability mm-hmm. on all the members of your party if you can get it. And the last one is Archpriest of Iona, a one-drop star two. Um, their power is equal to the number of creatures in your party. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party, target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains flying until end of turn. These payoffs are not great, but they are <laughs> yeah. payoffs, and they are and members of a party. So there are that, three not very great ones. And that's like the kind of thing here. So like it's assembling a party is kind of like a, uh, I mean, to use Yu-Gi-Oh, it's kind of like an Exodia type thing. It's easier. It's much <laughs> said, easier than that. Exodia is just four guys standing like eight feet away, waving, <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, and so like right. it's I like I love the challenge both in deck building. Whenever I did it in limited, I like that you know gameplay pattern of assembling and like those are all diverse enough. Warriors as a creature type generally are big beaters. Rogues are like evasive mechanically. Wizards will have some cool ETB. Clerics will have some kind of recursion. I actually like the type of like play that uh, that literally building a party gives you, but there just are not enough payoffs to it. And like, I mean, when they did announce the actual like explicit D&D set that is coming out. Yeah, I'm thinking that we'll get some more of that. Yeah, yeah it's very there's no way big party ones come back, for that. right? It's going to happen. And that's the thing is like that it would be cool if like though like there are more payoffs there. I think that's like I don't think it's a strong deck. I do think though it's very fun, and I feel like it's just that, once there's a it little is bit incredibly more fun. For it. I I yeah. think that one of the other things that kind of uh, shoots it in the leg a little bit mm-hmm. is that you probably are going to have to go five color. Yep, absolutely. You're probably yep. going to have to go five color, Ab- which is which is absolutely. currently kind of hard to do in standard. I mean, yeah. you got green, mm-hmm. but the lands it, aren't. As well, easy a, to work with. In standard, I would actually argue, I would argue that five color should always be kind of hard to do in standard. I feel like that's part of the payoff. Um, yeah. In commander, it is uh, it is the hardest to get to, but also it's the format's been around long enough that there's also ways to make it not hard at all. Yeah, so. it's weird. I find that my five color decks typically run better than my four color decks. My four color <laughs> decks always run the worst and I have no yeah. idea why that is or like the, could just be like, maybe a thing that isn't real that i notice in my brain yeah um but that's <laughs> but it that's, appeals there that's all pretty good uh well drew just real quick before i ask josh a, a similar question i'll make his answer shorter um <laughs> how do you feel about yes, just you. the uh, mdfcs how do you think about them in Mono general double face cards i appreciate as a player who owns a sadisi deck and i want to run less lands in it because i'm a greedy greedy man i don't necessarily feel that i should be enabled in that sort of way but um i was uh, you know kind of in uh looking at some other people's like critiques and stuff of the set it's i like that of the modal dfs like the modal double face cards that we have apart from the ones that are just like one land on one side and another land on the other i like most the versions of these cards that have a very narrow spell on them and then a land on the other side because i feel like what they allow you to do is they let you have more flexible but less like but less applicable options without having to go when am i ever going to come into this because the worst case scenario is that it's a land 
So like, mm-hmm. um, there's the there's the red one that was really nice that kind of really hit this for me, um, and it's like a uh, it's a threaten effect. A uh, song mad treachery three and two red for a sorcery. Gain oh, control yeah. target creature. Untap it. It gains haste. The other side is a uh, song mad ruins. Enters the battlefield. Tap taps for a red. Like, mm-hmm. unless your deck is built around you know like this um, like a Timoret deck or like a Marchesa deck that's trying to steal your opponent's creatures and then sack them, you're probably not going to run this type of effect. But stealing and threatened effects are very fun. They are a very kind of chaotic element in Commander. But it's like, if your deck's not built around it, I could see where it's kind of hard to justify this taking up a card slot whenever that's really at a premium in Commander. But I love the fact that now just any given red deck can slot this in because it either lets them go up on lands, which is great, or they just cut a land for it, which is also fine. Because mm-hmm. again, like the worst case scenario here, and like I really like that. My worry is that if we get some of these where the front half or the spell half is too good, and they become they have like a very good risk of just becoming like an auto include type yeah. card. And I yeah. don't want to see them like that. I want them to stay. If anything, like I like where these, like the ones in the set are. If anything, if they could get even more narrow, I would like that even more because then that means that even mm-hmm. like in the same deck, you just have more play options available to you and there's a more diversity of how games go. And I think that's really fun, but I feel like the proof will just be in what the future of these cards end up looking like because we do know they're in the next two sets. So we'll just have to see kind of how they're implemented in those. Yeah, I know that the the double land cycle is getting finished yeah. up in mm-hmm. um, Sondheim. What's it yeah. called? Oh. Kaldheim. <laughs> Sondheim. <laughs> a musical <Yes>. set. <laughs> um, oh I, God, didn't actually, I, musical I didn't actually set. realize that the double face cards were coming back in the next two. The next two? I knew they yep. had to finish yeah, the up next, a cycle uh, two of sets, lands. So Strixhaven oh. Yeah, they, they gotta finish oh. off that. Um, Josh, real quick. Um, yeah. Do you feel strongly about any of the mechanics in particular? Uh um, I think I mostly feel the same about Drew in terms of landfall kicker. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, the other one. What was the other one? Party. Yes, party. Things about party. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like I, I and I agree again. I don't have anything to add in terms of my opinion, except that it's. Yeah, it's like it's. I don't think any of it. Uh, any of it is like you're gonna explode off because of party, and your deck blows up because of party. I think it's more of you slowly build and just you. It, is nice for the pace of the game, but you're just, I think, I think assembling a full party and like getting like those licks in and stuff. I think, I think that it should be treated the same way as if somebody manages to get meld to happen. People should cheer and (laughs) clap and it should be be like, yeah, we did it. We got there. It should be a big deal. Just so the person who spent their money on the deck gets to gets you know, something out of it because they won't win. Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, but they get to have done it. Like it should, uh-huh. like, and I agree. Like, definitely, Meld's a good point. It should have that same kind of excitement at the table. Yeah, you should be excited if somebody pulls it off, especially if they if they cast one of those things that's like, if you have a full party, and then you got to be like, oh, <laughs> they did yeah. it, and then someone says, no swords to plowshares. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, and I think real quick for me, uh, Kicker is fine. I, I like the the late game, early game uh, things of it it's it's cute for that um i don't like mm-hmm. the the double the the Are land the spells. you don't like no them. i don't like them Ooh. no i i like it i like mana screw mm-hmm. i it's uh-huh. one of i like it when bad things happen in magic 
And so, <laughs> like, the idea that someone could just not get mana screwed because their spell is a land makes me mad. I like it when a bad time happens for that. Um, I love party because it sucks. <laughs> I, I find it, I find it adorable. You know, like I said, like if somebody melds, but they didn't even do like Gisela. They did like the rat guy. They melded the yes. rat one. Yeah. Um. In general, I I've never cared for landfall because most decks that just put out additional lands are already doing very well. Mm-hmm. And so just yeah. giving them a second reason they're doing very well for a thing that you just get to do for free every turn once. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't like it either. Except for one specifically that's in my top three favorite cards from the set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but, of course. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm scummy that way. But I, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, there's there's points to be had there. Um, and I do believe that that covers all the mechanics. Anybody else have just something real quick before we, we delve into just our personal favorite cards from the set? Well, I was just going to say on the modal double face cards, I, um, I'm not necessarily convinced they aren't bad for the health of the game, but I definitely hmm. like them in draft. So, <laughs> yeah, that's just I mean, in draft and draft for sure. Well, but yeah, I know, I mean, like, but yeah, I feel the same way about landfall, <laughs> like in draft. It's just like if people can't, <laughs> Go yeah. crazy! It's like I said, in a bubble, in a very tight bubble, this is an amazing yep. set. I think mm-hmm. in regards to what it might accidentally do to many other things, I think that this is a a, a very a very comfy pillow that's actually just a puffer fish. And if you lay on it wrong, <laughs> everyone's gonna die. Well, um, if you eat it, you gotta know how to eat it just right. You gotta know how to eat it. You eat it in draft. You don't eat it. <laughs> eat it. Uh, yeah. and I guess uh, just real quick before we get into our favorites, um, how do you think this set, this is a little cheaty because, um, you know, we didn't record this right after the set came out or before it rolled into standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we think that this set will affect things like standard and stuff? Because if I, I already know that four my... color Amnath is, <laughs> is um, kind <laughs> of the, the big deal right now. That was going to be my oh. joke. I was going to oh. say like, I'm going to look into my crystal ball and I bet you Amnath <laughs> fucks it up. Um, I like, it's a thing, like, and it, it's kind of difficult because I do, like, when I play Arena, I typically just play a deck that plays quickly so that I can ladder, so that I can then get to have fun with our jankier deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, and this is come, and, like, as a green player, I just feel like um, the, it is too easy to ramp in standard and ramp in standard when you only have one other player to do anything about it is just not like it's not a it's not a archetype that is adequately balanced for and i feel like with omnath entering the like omnath being there i love that we got a standard legal four color legend i think that's i was gonna say that's one of my that's probably one of my favorite things about the set is an actual i was i was hyped about four color omnath since they did like when they talked about set boosters and in the picture of the packaging i could see it <laughs> i was immediately hype about four color Omnath. <laughs> but like i feel like the current standard has too good of land has too good of color fixing and too good of ramp to make four color be as much of a hill to climb in a deck such that like the the payoff is too good because it needs to be really good at four colors, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's as hard to do as it should be. So it's kind of just like oh, more yeah. decks are going to do it. I think that if Omnath existed and we didn't have Cultivate and Azusa mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. whatever the other really really good one. I think some people all of are the even stuff doing just yeah, yeah beanstalk yeah. giant all that kind of stuff. I think yeah. that uh, if maybe <laughs> well, I mean they got rid of Uro. They did yes. get rid of Uro. Thank and what's God. really funny is that I've been <laughs> what I've been seeing <laughs> a lot of the you Ugh. know because people like to complain. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what a lot of people have been seeing is that the Omnath deck didn't actually lose all that much uh, with the banning of Uro. It's still very <laughs> strong. And what has instead happened is the decks that can kind of keep up with four color Omnath have lost their way to keep up <laughs> because, yeah. because they don't have Uro. Uro got banned. So like the Saltai mid range casualties of war deck, you mm-hmm. know, it's just lags so far behind. It's actually really funny. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty excited to lose to Omnath because I guess the reason why I'm excited to lose to Omnath as opposed to like back when a uh, Yorion control yeah. companion was ruling it is because at least the games will be fast. I know that they're going to yeah. ramp into <laughs> Omnath turn two somehow. They're going to play five <laughs> lands the next turn, deal four damage to me and each of my planeswalkers, put out a scoot swarm, get like 18 of them <laughs> and it's over. And that's, and that's, that's fine. But I don't have to sit there and slog through a companion Yorion 80 card deck. That's just <laughs> nothing but answers. I, mm. I will take this over what we had before. Yeah. Like it's, but I mean, other than, other than, um, well, I mean, and, and like, that's the thing is Omnath is just the current example. Uro got banned, but Uro was the previous one. It's just ramping there. There is not enough punishment and this may be like a, um, a broader discussion in general, but there's just not like, and again, as a green player, I am not punished enough for ramping so damn much. And I feel like I've been getting away too easily with it. And there needs to be more hate on all of the land ramp. Like it's, and this is not even just re- standard. They should have reprinted Ankh of Mishra. Yeah. Or, or Kiki Jiki, have him be a planeswalker. Now I would think Hell that's yeah. cool. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like, it's, being in a color that ramps all the time it's like but it's like you can be punished not even i mean you're not punished currently for having a bunch of cards in hand but i think every deck wants to do that so that's more or less okay but it's like land ramp is a thing that green is specifically designed to be the strongest in and there are like never any punishments for it right like you can be punished for over for having too many creatures or being too creature focused because Mm -hmm. there are board wipes there are things that make you like sacrifice creatures and stuff um you can be punished for having too many instants or sorceries um you can be punished you can be punished for so many other strategies that other colors are built to do but green's biggest thing for some reason it's like not okay or they just don't make answers for it and i wish they would more often and i feel like that's kind of like the ramp deck has been a problem in standard since like what the Ravnica set. So more than a year has been one strategy yeah, has it, been the problem the, this whole time. Gross well, to be fair, and I was thinking about this yeah. not too long ago is that we got in this set, we got, um, who's he, what's it? Um, rolling vortex. Huh? Uh, oh yeah. Oh. Beginning of the upkeep deals one damage to, to each player. Uh, whenever mm-hmm. a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast that spell, Rolling Vortex deals five damage to that player. This was the answer to Fires of Invention. Printed <laughs> three <laughs> or three sets after mm-hmm. it became uh-huh. too big and got banned. You know yep. what's uh-huh. a great answer to like an Omnath on the table? Turning it into a 3-3 elk is what? <laughs> all oh, yeah. of, all of the answers <laughs> have already been banned. 
yeah, to yeah. deal with any of the. To be fair, I think Omnath with fires uh, would have been absurd, and I'm glad it's mm-hmm. not happening. Um, oh God, yeah, uh, yeah. But who oh, man? Honestly, they should just they should either make a non legendary version of Zozu the Punisher, or uh-huh. just reprint Blood Moon. Yeah, just Give me standard like, Blood Moon. Like, and that's the, and that's the thing. Like, they're just it's like. Again, because it's I obviously like ramping because I like playing my my big dumb creatures. But like it's I shouldn't be able to just so safely do that all the time. Like there should be and like doing land destruction may be tricky, but even like I will say that I am okay with land destruction. I think that's fine. I think if you're gonna say that like blue draws a bunch of cards, so the one of the best answers is targeted discard spells, so you can make them discard mm-hmm. those cards. I think that land destruction is okay. I think there should be either more of it. There should be more answers or more negatives. The uh, not to tip my hand too early. One of my favorite cards in this set is an answer to ramp. I just feel like there should be more of it all over the place. Well, I don't here's, they need, reprinted uh, underworld dreams. Yes, it is. They reprinted um, underworld yeah. dreams to yeah, deal yeah, with yeah. people crazy drawing cards. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and I feel like they've printed ways to stop people from gaining life. Rolling Vortex is one of these ones that does that exact mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, There yeah. are answers to every single every thing that thing. happens <laughs> in Magic. I even yeah. think we have, what, um, Revenge of the Ravens, I think, that deals damage to the opponent yeah, when attack. they attack you and you gain yeah. a life. Like, That's we a, have punishments for attacking, drawing cards, and <laughs> casting and think, spells. And, and I think, like, the biggest thing with all of that is the... And, like, there's a, there's a trillion cards that will just straight exile an entire graveyard. So, like, the biggest yeah. thing is, I feel like the, like the answers to ramping and the answers to drawing cards are just basically... Those are card slots that you have to dedicate to to make your opponent play fair magic. And I think that's totally fine. And I feel like there should be more of that. Like it's if I'm playing more than one land a turn, I am working. I am, you know, playing cards to basically try to play unfair magic. I'm trying to get more stuff than you. And so a card that punishes me for that or that brings me back down to level is I don't think that's a problem at all. I think that's like, like that's such a thing that I I would argue that should be in every set. There should be something to answer stuff like that. Or no, just, I think that every, so do you think, every do you think there should set be more should have an things? answer to the more i would oh my i would love more, more balance effects more like but, balance is hey, so can we fun. get more four mana wipes in white that don't have to give something to your opponent <laughs> i think we've hit the point where yeah. we can just have a wrath of god back please and, that, and that's like it's the because like the only i guess quote-unquote issue with balance effects is the fact that the deck that builds them does break parity but yeah like i'm fine with balance effects because it's balance is like it's they can only have as much as you have well then okay we're on the same playing field yeah and 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 then like these decks are mostly going to be like you know kind of white a little more low to the ground so if you're green and you have ramped and then a balance effect happens chances are your creature is going to be bigger than whatever they have yeah right exactly 
And so, like, unless it's like a full-on balance where if you have no creatures, they have to sacrifice all their creatures, but I don't think they do something uh, like that. No, Especially if it's something that. that's like pro, that's like proactive and singular. Because I feel like the, um, it, like from a design perspective, I may not 100% agree with it, but I can understand the headspace of if a deck, like if a you know tournament format is all about stacks pieces and slowing the game down, it's not exciting to watch and it makes the game harder to market. I don't necessarily completely agree, but I understand that argument. But like if if white as an example, because I feel like the the thing that you would punish for white is its life gain and just like, you know what, sure, it already is getting punished by that red card. But it's like (laughs) if white could get more like for just like four mana, good, efficient wipes, totally fine with that. If white could get balanced, but like as a sorcery where it's like, all right, like I don't get to keep it on board so that you can never advance. But now you are reset back to me and you have to rebuild again that then sets them back so they are more in a rebuilding phase. That's perfectly fine. It punishes them for having advanced too early and not accounting for a balance spell. Like, it makes things more interesting where there's like a deck that can force you to play fair. And I wish there were more of that. I wish that was more mm. of an archetype. Yeah, I I guess my... Because going with what you said, Drew, because I do agree mm. with that, that a deck winning in a thing that isn't necessarily like flashy or doing crazy things Mm -hmm. that's not a problem the problem is when every deck is that deck yeah that means you don't have balance in the game now if it got to a point where like the top eight of like a huge tournament was there's like two omnath decks two balanced decks demir rogues somehow and then somebody (laughs) managed to squeak in uh two party decks like that would be amazing Uh, but it isn't that like I would it's be okay ram, watching. Ram, like, ram, how ram, does party ram. deal with a balance deck, or more mm-hmm. like how is balance going to deal with low to the ground creatures? Probably trying to do something not too far off of what they're up to, mm-hmm. and then like how does party deal with big ramp? Because we know how the balance deck does, and then Demir Rogue sneaks in and just wins them all because nobody's prepared for them. Um, <laughs> they're doing that, but I, I think sneaky. those are all very good points. Josh, have you played mm-hmm. any standard recently since the Euro ban? Do you have any um, insights? Oh, not since, not since the Euro ban. I am, I am very excited to play the game and not see him because I played <laughs> you much had of the a game dedicated mill so deck though, didn't you much? Uh, yes. And I'm working on refining that and doing it more. Well, well, here's the thing. Do you think you need to refine it anymore? When the one main problem that gets into graveyards is now gone. <laughs> well, I think I I need to because that was the more. main thing for because yeah. what leyline of um leyline of the void is no longer here. We don't have yeah. any just flat static <laughs> effect that exiles graveyards currently in right. standard. And so right. the the way that Demir decks lose when they're milling is if they're playing against a deck that runs Uro, which surprise probably like eighty percent of them. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um. So, so no, I, I don't have you should to give do it another work. chance. Yeah, there you go. Your deck. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm going to go. see you in that top eight. I'll be bringing my my mm. my three color party deck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I All mean, right. if you have green, green's whole thing is that it gets multiple uh, multiple party members at once. Oh, that is true. They have the, yep. the Tejuru. Um, I'm probably just going to run four of those and then the clone. <laughs> um, just the, um, right. the clone the lane guy. Mimic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. All right. And th- now that we got that out of the way, I think we all feel roughly the same about. Uh, the state of things. Um, But to be fair, as I said, and I think Drew agrees is that I think that a powerful four color Uro is a, is a more fun thing to lose to than some kind of big old stacks and shenanigans. 
Yeah, um, it's just yeah. I mostly wish that it was harder for it to get there. That's the yes. thing. Like it's yeah. I, I will still play ramp even if there's a ton of answers to it because it's fun for me to play. I just want to like earn it a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Because because you you sit there and you play just kind of a good deck to grind yourself to a high rank, and yeah. then you can just start playing a deck you want and you realize that you just <laughs> remove one or two cards from the deck That's, you play to get up there. <laughs> That's and you're it. like, yeah. well, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. All right, well, let's get into what our personal favorite cards are, and we will mm-hmm. go ahead and just start it with Josh. Josh, what are your top three cards from the set, and what are you looking to do with them? My top three? Uh, as I said near the beginning, there were a lot of cards in this deck in this set that I liked. Um, I got two that are kind of tied for first for very different reasons, and then my third could have been a bunch of them. But anyway, uh, my first one is <laughs> Zareth San the Trickster. He is yeah. a... Five drop, Demir colored, Merfolk Rogue for a 4-4 with Flash. Um, notably, he has essentially a ninjutsu effect, but we've been calling mm-hmm. it Rogue Jitsu because for four, one less than his casting cost, you can return an unblocked attacking rogue you control to your hand and put him into play tapped and attacking. When he deals combat damage to a player, you may put target permanent card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So it gets the payoff from Demir Rogue Mill, which is very much supported in the set. Very nice. It's got that mm-hmm. fun, fun Rogue Jitsu thing going on, which is so very satisfying. I like him. I like him so much. And no one's surprised unless you don't know me at all. In which you might not have seen this coming because if you they no listen to, to the corset review, you were excited about the bad rogues. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. because uh, so it's is... it's so strange. I built my rogue EDH deck when rogues were nothing; they didn't matter. Sig River Cutthroat was the only Demir rogue commander to play, and that was it. And it wasn't mm-hmm. good at all. And now all of a sudden in this set, they put out a freaking actual put together by them rogue demir deck and it's bizarre this is a weird Mm -hmm. world and that's not even going into the fact that they also just released that a commander precon that is a hundred percent almost yes sig reprint and all (laughs) absolutely Mm -hmm. bonkers well that is not surprising are you gonna surprise us with number two on your list um, maybe, maybe not, but it is for sure. <laughs> Cherix, the Raging Isle. This guy oh, is just yeah. so cute. I can't stop thinking about him. I like him so much. <laughs> for it's for, for I just imagine for, you like sitting on your bed, curling the uh, phone cord <laughs> in your finger, and then you have your feet kicked up. Just, yeah. just, he has it's in like, a framed picture like on his nightstand <laughs> next to his bed he never answers my calls but i still try anyway uh he does for, try his just claws are so big yeah the phone he can't even see it it's so small <laughs> uh, anyway he is a legendary leviathan crab wonderful start for two blue two other you get a zero seventeen. Why I don't how I don't know how they decided his toughness would be 17, but I'm glad. I'm glad for however they did that. Um, I always forget he has this first ability, but spells your opponent's <laughs> cast that target him cost two more for some reason. Alright, I'll take it. And then a real nice flavorful thing for three mana of any color. He gets plus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of islands you control. 
beautiful flavor for a leviathan a crab as well his butt is so <laughs> big he's got such a big butt and he's very cute and i like him very much and what are you going to be doing with this crab's giant cute butt um i'm going to run him in my arcades defender deck even though it isn't a defender because his butt is so big also if i have him out and what's his name uh tetsuko the fugitive Umazawa? Uh, yeah, it was uh, he's he's a zero seventeen that can't be blocked because his head is so small and his butt is so big. And it's just <laughs> I like it. I like it very much. Are you surprised? Uh, I actually, I'm, not. I'm, I'm a little surprised just well, because a thing that people don't know about you that I do know about you is that, hmm. you know, you are you refuse to run cards sometimes <laughs> because they don't yep. match the flavor. Like there have yep. been cards that me and Drew have tried to get you to put into your rogues deck mm -hmm. and probably a lot of your other decks that you're just like, yeah, but it's not a rogue or it's it doesn't right have defender. But no. this cute big ass crab has <laughs> swayed you <laughs> to run a non-defender in your it's, Arcades <laughs> defender deck. It's booty is so gigantic. I can't even see the lack. It of cannot defender. be denied. I understand. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, that's a great number, When a, when a Leviathan crab walks in with an itty-bitty attack and a giant defense, I... Uh, put it in the deck. Yeah, I put it, I put oh. it in the deck. Uh, All yeah. right, and what's, uh, what's next for you there, Captain? I had a really hard time choosing a third one because there were a lot that could have made it. The one that I put is basically a good card that's just good, but I really do like it. So that's the case. Um, it is Leyline Tyrant. Four, two red oh, mana, yeah. two other, you get a four, four flyer, already efficient. Then it's mm -hmm. a sp essentially a red Omnath Locus of mana. You don't lose unspent red mana as steps and phases end. Super good. Also mm -hmm. on top of that, when it dies, you can pay any amount of red mana to deal that much damage to any target, which is that good, good dealing damage to any target on a dragon that I like. It's really just really good but it's good in a neat way that's only been done once before. And it's a dragon. Good, good. A big, I like that you closed it out with just a good, efficient creature and not just some kind of weird <laughs> oddball thing. Uh, yeah, it, it kind yeah. of put us in a spot where we couldn't really uh, react in a cool way, but that's all right. <laughs> it's, it's objectively it's everything always... I said. Everything I said is factual and not interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it's tricky to save like the Moby Dick card for the end when there's not necessarily always one of those to pull. And that yeah. was honestly the whole message in the book is that <laughs> some, sometimes the giant whale is just a four drop four four that doesn't make you lose unspent red mana. Um, yeah. Drew, what, yeah. why don't you get us on your list there? Frank. Yeah, um, in the interest of making it a fun kind of uh, a, a fun narrative, a fun build here, um, I do want to go with uh, I just made a whole big tirade about wishing Ramp was punished. I'm going to start with one of my three favorites is Confounding mm -hmm. Conundrum. One in a there blue, four in enchantment. Love it. 
It ETBs, draws you a card, cantrips, love to see that. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player had another land enter the battlefield, then they return a land to their hand. It in Zendikar does have the potential downside that they have more lands in their hand for landfall triggers, but it means that they have to play fair magic. I, if anything, just wish this same I wish this was a cycle in every color but green. And I wish that everybody got it. Like I just, I just, I, I want there to be, I want it to be harder so that whenever I do ramp out crazy, it meant something. Cause currently it is a meaningless victory. It was always going to be helpful, but I love it. I love that. It's a piece where it, it seems to indicate that they're aware that ramp is a problem in a general sense, but maybe they don't understand that hmm. it's a big, big problem for the past year and a half. So, <laughs> you know what? We'll take uh-huh. whatever progress we can make on this one, but just good card. And you know what trips. I like, Drew? I like that it's, I imagine that, <laughs> I'm not going to use that example that came into my head, but it's, <laughs> it's good that when the enemy understands, yeah, like what's going on, it's like, um, yeah. Yeah. Because Drew's the ramp guy, and so yeah. for him to look at right. this okay. and be like, "We need this," you know, it's it's yeah. kind of like a cop saying, "No, I get it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I feel like cop would be if I was playing control, but it's a similar kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, with how much of our tax dollars go to funding the, the go, with I how would, much I would tax- argue that cops are ramp. Without much of the tax dollars to go to me and all of the full art lands that I keep buying. Um, Civil seizures. That was one of my full art lands. I had to prove that they weren't part of a drug deal. Go ahead, Drew. Um, The second one is a very neat card, but I feel like... I feel like it's in a weird spot where it's actually kind of crazy as a card, but I don't think it's going to get as much conversation as I feel like it should because it's not a card that's a payoff to ramp. So I don't feel like people are going to be running it, but it is angel of destiny. Um, Angel of destiny Mm. is three white, white for a two, six angel cleric. Oh yeah. Double strike. Whenever a creature you controls deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each gain that much life. And at the beginning of your end step, if you have at least 15 or more life than your starting total, each player Angel of Destiny's attack this turn loses the game. A lot of great stuff on this card mm-hmm. for decks that I personally have. Mm-hmm. Also, I love that it seems like I don't, there hasn't been, I don't think, an article about this or anything, but I would love it if like one of the key things that's in White's color pie is alternate win conditions because I love that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's I think exactly that white what this is. God, I think it has the most happily them. ever after. Happily ever after it's is white. Yeah, the cheese stands alone, but the real one. Uh, Baron Glory, and it also has um the white card from Amon Kett. Near death experience. Um, oh yeah, hour of, hour yeah of I would like. You know what? I want, that would be I like that. that would be nice for white because white yeah. more often than not can't find ways to kill the opponent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so just it's, <laughs> so if you can't, just... if you try, if like if you cannot win, then change the definition of success. And I like that yeah. that can be a thing that White gets to do. Um, also, for me personally, I have an Alicia deck. This thing has two power. Love to see that. No, and that's I great. Also, yeah. Also, my other my other Mardu deck is Lysia Sanguine Tribune, which is a life gain deck. Love to see this kind of stuff here. I like that because the joke is just like, oh, to make a card white, you just tack on life gain to it and it means mm-hmm. nothing. And I love that it's like, no, no, no. All the arbitrary dumb life gain that just keeps happening means I beat you right now. That's yeah, great. I, 
I and would like, so much rather lose to this card than to lose yeah. to an Ajani's pride mate that kept getting bigger and bigger and has taken seven <laughs> turns to finally get through and hit me and kill me. Yeah, I like would the, rather this have this an answer time. for an Ajani's pride mate over the oh, seven turns. It was beating well. No, I've I've been mana screwed this whole time because this set hadn't come <laughs> out yet. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Now you can just play yeah. your spell, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I like, I like that it's an alternate win con. I also really like that it's not like it's not brain dead easy to actually pull off. Even if you are at just like you know an arbitrary high amount of life, it's you have to have Angel of Destiny, have to declare it as an attacker and hit them, and then at your in step you still have to be there like there's enough hoops to jump through that it feels like an earned victory that you've gone through it and like it's hmm. if you don't win on that turn as a strategy you've just been gaining life which is a nice kind of turtly way to win just seems kind of mm -hmm. neat but you have to like you have to be aggressive to finish it off which is fun um and again i have two decks this is going to go directly into and i love those decks if i My end final. up pulling one mm -hmm. of these i'm going to put it in my tainted remedy deck God, yes. Oh, oh it plays so fun. Oh. And that's the thing, like, it's a thing oh, that you can God. do so much kind of sneaky There's stuff There's so many cool too. things you can do, yeah. Love yeah, it. Very it's nice. real great. Love because yeah. it's actually a separate life gain trigger. So if you have creatures with life yeah. then they're just going to gain twice it's as much. Stacks. It's crazy. It, you oh, it's not legendary. If you have... No, no, it's not, which is also great. Ugh. It's a thing where it's also with its wording on it. You can have the old lifelink, which is whenever they deal damage, you gain life. You can have the keyworded lifelink and this and get three triggers off of a single damage, which is mm -hmm. wonderful. Like, it's so stupid that there's so many different descriptions of the same effect. But in well, Mono White, technically, good. technically, lifelink isn't a trigger. It just That's modifies true. how damage is dealt, where you gain life. That is life true. That's when the damage true. is dealt. It doesn't That's actually true. use this yeah. That's Look, guys, your sweater vests are in the mail. Um, the third one... <laughs> My third card is also, it's a card that I like in general, but I also am going to be running it for one very specific close to my heart deck. This one's going to go in Kazarov, and this card is Relic Robber. Relic Robber is mm. two and a red for a 2-2 Goblin Rogue with haste. It has, whenever Relic Robber yes. does combat damage to a player, they make a 0-1 colorless Goblin Construct artifact creature oh. token with this creature can't block, and at the beginning of your upkeep, this creature deals one damage to you. So, one, that's a really silly, fun thing to do in a game of Magic. Mm -hmm. Love mm -hmm. to see that. Two, I have I have two decks, but this is going to go into my Kazarov deck. But I have two decks that are built all, of, all around giving my opponents tokens and then still getting more value from doing that than they are. So I love that it does that. It also is just a kind of static building thing where they're just going to keep getting hit by these tokens. Also, a really cute thing about the token for it is that in his art, he's throwing a rock shaped like a goblin's head that's on fire. And yep. then the token for it is the rock. <laughs> so it is just, <laughs> he literally threw this thing at them and it's still on fire burning them until the game is over. Yeah, I was just, I forgot I was just chewing about this on guy. one of those tokens just mm -hmm. a little bit ago. Yeah, it's just a goblin head. Love to Don't see it. Worry. It's just, you it's just fun. And like again, I have the Kazarov deck, which is built all around Pyrohemia and Pestilence effects, just dealing one damage to each of my opponent's creatures. So I love just another way to to Zancha an opponent to give them something that actually is not good for them. I love that kind of stuff. I like, love. It's another thing. I want. These Daniel effects, like it's the token. Calm down. 
I love these effects. It's the same reason I love the uh, one of the more recent Chandra's that gives your opponents an emblem that mm-hmm. just pings them on their oh, upkeep. Yes, that's um, very nice. The uh, and the creature that puts blaze counters on lands. Yes, Obsidian and they Fireheart. Keep, yeah, yeah, Obsidian Fireheart, and that just keeps happening even after you die because it gives mm-hmm. the ability to mm-hmm. the land. Yep, I want yep, so stuff. many more cards. That's I think that's one of the ways I wish that wizards would kind of go. And um, mm-hmm. when designing EDH cards, instead of just, hey, here's the best of like a particular tribe, don't ever build any of the other ones. I wish they did more linger. I like the linger yeah. effects where it's just yeah. like, oh, well, I have this yeah. emblem or this mm-hmm. construct I can't block with <laughs> or these blazing <laughs> lands. I'm going to die if I don't like start, you know, getting this thing rolling. I love those mm-hmm. effects. That's some of my favorite stuff. Yeah, but yeah, those those are my those are my top three from this set. Big fan of all three of them. That's beautiful. Yeah. I like all three of those quite a bit. And I do really like that he's like he's a rogue, but he's an anti rogue. He he doesn't steal anything. He leaves. He it, gives them something. Sucks. Yeah, he leaves them a problem. It's a be- <laughs> it's beautifully Robin Hood. flavorful. It's so good. It's uh, Robin yeah. Hood. Robin Hood steals he from the steals rich from and the rich leaves and bad stuff. Leaves leaves a goblin head. <laughs> and then uh daniel what are your three yeah. my three um man uh very uninteresting <laughs> pretty similar to um i, I think last are. times uh mm. yeah you both should i'm gonna start yes. off with my actual favorite of the set um which is of course to nobody's surprise a one drop uncommon uh the ruin crab yeah it is a one blue crab zero three and it says landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control each opponent mills three cards i get to play a a crab which is just a a fun Mm -hmm. creature type Mm -hmm. to play you can't Mm -hmm. feel bad when you say i cast a crab um and then you play a land everybody mills three love it (laughs) i want to do it all the time I already I'm thinking that my I'm either going to have to replace a different creature because I have a Hedron Crab in my five color favorites deck. It's yeah. just all my favorite mm-hmm. cards. And I either have to replace Hedron Crab with this one or Ooh. take out something else so I can have both. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, yep. we'll see which one ends up happening. But there it is. There's the um, everybody knows the mill card that I'm going to pick from the set. Uh, mm-hmm. as my top three and mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about mill anymore that's it's over <laughs> it's all oh done. Mm-hmm. okay but then what oh my number two favorite is maddening <laughs> cacophony it is oh, a two drop sorcery it. one in oh, a blue dirty oh, with oh. kicker for Dirt three boy. in a blue so <laughs> it says regular uh, each opponent <laughs> mills eight cards if this spell was kicked, instead each opponent mills half their library around it up. Whoa. So for six mana, uh, four mm. and two blue, you just mill each of your opponents half. That's, that's wonderful. That's it's so just, good. It's not it's, even, it's it's almost a little too strong. Um, if this was like, did something else, I'm sure people would be like, that's too much. But I don't well, think so. <laughs> One thing is, um, there's there's a good number of um, of uh, the mill rogues, some mill payoff in this deck or uh, in the set mm-hmm. that specifically looks for does an opponent have eight or more cards in their graveyard? In this, if you oh. cast it not kicked, just does it does that? 
bam. You oh, it just it. does it instantly. It. Well, sorcery yeah, card. This one mm-hmm. card procs all of those things that want the mill payoff. And I like that, like, Mill has been getting a buff with this, and the, especially in Commander, at least, this and then Bruvac and uh, Jumpstart and stuff. I mm-hmm. like that Mill has been getting a bit of a power bump to make it uh, a more viable win condition. Yeah, because like, it's got... I just like that there. It's got a ton <laughs> of casual appeal. Um, oh, yeah. Filthy, baby-brained casuals such as myself. <laughs> we love Millen. It's yep. it is a blast to do. And so, yep. you know, yeah, when somebody's ramping out eight lands on turn four and then you have to targeted <laughs> mill someone for three, um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel as good. But for six milling each opponent half, that Love is it. beautiful. Yep. Also, uh, a fun yep, thing yep. about it. Um, this is uh, this is actually come up because I, I have been uh, thinking on certain things that are designed clearly to play better in commander, but a neat thing about maddening cacophony one, you would obviously look at it and go, okay, it says each player, not target opponent or each opponent mm-hmm. rather not target opponent. And you go, that's obviously for a commander because that's the only place you have more than one opponent, but also effects that don't say target opponent, get around and get around a potentially hex proof. Oh yeah. And I mm-hmm. love that. I love because mm-hmm. it's there's not a ton of that, but I one that's a thing where I kind of think that should be. More, I, I think there should be more of it because I think it's a thing that is in white's color pie to do, and anything that gives <laughs> that color kind of more of a presence in, you know, just power. I think it, like or like ability to keep up with other colors is perfectly fine. Yeah, I think but the most recent anything. one was like a green white angel, wasn't it? Yeah, the angel from Dominaria, uh, which yeah. is like multiple years ago at this point. So like, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it's a neat thing that I, cause I had always, I had always thought like, why even say each opponent, unless it's explosive or commander, but it's just like, what if your opponent is hexproof? It can still hit them, which mm-hmm. is just real neat. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I like each opponent, especially in standard sets. Um, mm-hmm. because, well, and it's weird because they're, they've been doing that forever before commander mm-hmm. was even a thing. Yep. Like, yeah. um, yeah, there's been like each opponent, each player, all this kind of weird stuff. I, I do like that because there are some effects that, you know, would it matter? Cause like, you know, even paying six to mill your opponent half, mm-hmm. like in standard, that's not going to break anybody's balls in half. Yeah. <laughs> and in Correct. commander, it As probably it won't either, unless you have brew back. And so yeah, I think, right. you know, I think there's no harm. This is one of the times where I think just ha- adding that doesn't actually mm-hmm. harm anything too bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm actually, um, for my number one pick, I'm actually kind of riding on Josh's coattails mm-hmm. here, picking just like a, I, and I will say this, I don't, I did not, I liked only one ability of this card. I didn't actually care about it too much until I pulled uh-huh. one in, in our pre-release thing, because I realized that, my favorite deck because i feel like most cards that are going to run this or most decks that are going to run this card will only really be looking to take advantage of any one of the abilities Mm -hmm. where i have a deck that takes advantage of all three of these the whole Mm -hmm. time and that Mm -hmm. card is lithoform engine um a four drop colorless legendary artifact it has pay to tap it copy target activated or triggered ability you control you may choose new targets for the copy or you could pay three and tap it. Copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Or pay four and tap it. Copy target permanent spell you control. The copy becomes a token. Mm-hmm. I have a deck that is built around um, tutoring out and making as many copies of Omen Machine 
a six-drop <laughs> artifact that says players can't draw cards at the beginning of each player's upkeep. They exile the top card of their library. The exile card is a land, then they put it on the battlefield. Otherwise, they cast it without paying its mana cost. Um, mm-hmm. That artifact. I love it. I want to make a million. Mm-hmm. So if I have out Lithoform Engine and Omen Machine triggers, well, gee, if we don't have that many Omen Machines, what can we do? Well, we can just copy the trigger. Omen Machine two <laughs> times. That's great. What if off the yep. top of the Omen Machine, I cast a Sahili's Artistry? Well, by golly, that's one <laughs> Omen Machine. Why not make it two Omen Machines by copying the Instant Sorcery spell? <laughs> Get more Omen Machines. Or is my Omen Machine a creature because of March of the Machines, and I'm casting a clone <laughs> off of the top of the deck? Well, at that point, I can just pay four and tap this to get another Omen Machine. Mm-hmm. It's just two Omen Machines all the time. Every Omen Machine twice in any way that I try to do it. Stupid thing. And mm-hmm. I didn't think that the card would ever um, have that much use to me. And it turns out that it has uh, exclusively use to me in one of my actual favorite decks. So it's good job, me. I thought you were actually going to use it in your Aluna uh, mutate deck to oh, copy if... your mutate spells. Oh yeah, because that's a thing. And Drew, you let us know if if it should work that way. Because mutate is a creature spell that is cast with a target. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then mm-hmm. so Lithoform Engine does not let you change the targets of a permanent spell. You just mm-hmm. copy it. And so therefore, mm. if you have a creature and you cast something mutating onto the creature and you pay for and create a token or or get copy the permanent spell, yeah, it would resolve other- mutating onto the thing and then the other thing would resolve mutating onto the thing. I'm Possibly sure. the only caveat I like I that that is how I in my gut, that's how I would want it to work, but with I know that Tayback has uh, specified that like the the token that is made doesn't trigger other token stuff. I think that it's like I I, I think I I think it would resolve as just the regular creature that it is, which for a lot of the mutate things does let you technically cheat its mana cost and get another free boy. But like I I would want it to resolve as you basically get two of the you like you get to mutate parcel beast twice on top of this goblin token but i think that it'll be that one of the one you cast resolves on top of it and the other one just hits the field but i am not sure and i haven't seen anyone look into that yeah i can't think of why it would resolve that way because for any other spell that you copy like if you copy Mm -hmm. a kicked spell you copy the fact that it was kicked and you copy the fact you copy all the targets and then most of the time they'll just let you change them so mm-hmm. I don't know why yeah. it would because mutate's a mode, only, right? I mean, mutate, yeah, it, mutate is a is a it's cast an alternate with a target. It, yeah, yeah, it's an alternate yeah. cast of the spell. Um, and, and I mean, it's it's that that right, is how right, I right. want it yeah. to work. The only thing that makes it weird for me is how like the copies from Lithoform Engine interact with things like Parallel Lives, and so I I am I am hesitant in that I think there may be like a specific different way it works for lithoform engine specifically because there are other hmm. things that it just specifically and arbitrarily works differently because of it but hmm. it seems like it does work that way where you get double parcel beast on the goblin token which is sick I think and you, i love I that do, i think you but would. yeah that, it's 
Uh, if you're in the, if you're listening to this and you are Matt Tayback, hello, Matt Tayback. Tell us now, live <laughs> hello, in the Matt. moment, how it works, oh. or tell us later in secret. And, and we'll also, keep it. Matt, I might hit you up just on Twitter <laughs> and try to figure this out because because <laughs> I might end up opening one, and I think that that's a really cool thing to do. Also, yes. not to be a stickler, but Parcel Beast, I'm pretty sure, is the one where you pay one and tap it to either draw a card or put a land into play or something like that. Yeah, so just you have two even of that putting, stacked on a goblin. Yeah, if you have two of those stacked on a goblin, you still have to pay one and tap it. It's not even that good. Trumpeting Gnar is the more... It's just... Parcel Beast is the, is the one that I have actually played the most of. It is the one that jumped into my head. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, uh, no. Tell you what, if I... um. If I end up getting one, I'm only going to do it with Parcel Beast. That would be the first thing I try to do. Um, but I think that wraps up today's episode. Y'all let us know, uh, what do you think about Zendikar Rising? Do you think certain cards might break everything? Are you fine with that? Um, you, you go ahead and just uh, and skunk on over at us. Um, if you're listening to this now, you know where to find us uh, mm-hmm. on our, at least podcast-wise. Uh, we do have the socials. Drew, what are the socials? Yeah, we are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I could see the argument that one of those is not as necessary as the other two, but it is what it is. Um, but we are on uh, we're on Facebook uh, as just uh, demonstrate the loop. You can find us on Twitter at demonstrate loop and at Instagram at demonstrate the loop. Um, we're also available if you want to send us an email um, at at dtlmtgpod at gmail.com. All right, mm-hmm. and um, oh, Drew, you also know um, you also know the ending thing because I always forget the ending thing. So why don't you go ahead and do that? Oh yeah, that the, bit. Conclu- <laughs> the conclusion here is that we have demonstrated the loop. We will now move to the end step and concede. Goodbye. Thank you.